everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. What is the deal with 1 Kings 22? It seems very odd, maybe not even fair or correct. <laughs> That's what we're getting into today. And um, Second Chronicles. And Second Chronicles, but I mean, you know. I always fine. say it's like the shortened version of what we read either in First or Second Kings. It's always how it goes. So give us give us what's going on here. <laughs> Tell us what's Actually, going on. I always feel like Chronicles is like the annoyed version of the story. Like, oh my gosh, like this is what happened in less than 20 words. That's because the, <laughs> the chronicler is trying to get people to worship correctly. So he is actually, in fact, annoyed at when things are done incorrectly. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway... So this whole story like comes about because these two kings, the king of Israel and the king of Judah, uh, the king of Judah being Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat, I've heard it both ways. Anyway, we'll just say Jehoshaphat because that's what I feel like everybody knows. <laughs> so anyway, they decide that they would like to kind of like work together to take over Ramoth Gilead. Um, they say that it belongs to them and they want to take over it and defeat uh Oops, sorry. Yep, defeat the king of Syria. So they're like in cahoots. They're going to do this. But before they do it, they want to know that they're like on the right track. So and that's kind of crazy. What's interesting they're is already doubting Je- their Jehoshaphat from Judah. And Judah is in a little bit of a better spot is saying, hey, inquire of the Lord before you do this. Yeah, but what's interesting, though, is I think they already have second thoughts about it. The fact that they're like, OK, well, we want to do this. Maybe we should like. Well, they get always, somebody to tell us that we're doing it right. They always inquire of the Lord before they go to battle. It's like a holy war kind of thing. Yeah, but in this instance, it feels kind of like just the, even the conversation between them is like, hey, you want to buddy up and we can go and like take over this? It just seems sketchy to begin with. All right. At least I think so. So they they rally up like 400 of their prophets. And what's interesting, Ryan, you mentioned this earlier about the prophets of Baal. What did you say? The last time we saw 400 prophets gathered together, it was not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, let's see, when was that? That was back in First Kings 18, probably. Yeah, First Kings 18, 400 prophets of Baal gathered together um, to prophesy against our God, uh, in favor of Baal. So it's it, it might be coincidence. It doesn't seem like it's coincidence. Here we have 400 prophets again. Mm-hmm. Not the same ones, because the other ones were barbecue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, anyway, so they, they inquire of these prophets. And of course, all the prophets come together. They rally around them, some 400 men. And they ask, they're like, okay, so should we go to battle against Ramoth Gilead? Or should we just kind of like chill out? And all of them say, go up for the Lord. We'll give it into the hand of the king. Um, But Jehoshaphat, he gets like a little nervous and he's like, well, like they all said that. But like, isn't there anybody else we can ask? And it's funny because the king of Israel is like, well, we got this other guy, this Micaiah, but uh, he hates me. (laughs) Like he literally says that. He hates me and he never says anything good about me. There is some history here that's really important. We've already learned that Jezebel, Ahab's wife is killing off prophets of God wholesale, Mm -hmm. just like, you know, dead, dead, dead. Um, We already know that prophets of the true God are very rare in Israel. The Levites escaped Israel into Judah. So God's prophets, God's priests, prophets and priests aren't always the same thing. But there was like an exodus of people who wanted to serve the Lord well into Judah. 
But isn't it kind of interesting, though, like, they have these 400 men that are yes. all saying, oh, you should do it, you should do it. And, like, Jehoshaphat's kind of like, meh, I don't think that's totally right. right. But at the same time, it's like, well, all these 400 people say it's okay. So what, I, what I'm trying to do here is just help you understand context, because if you just fly in onto this story, it looks like, wait, there were 400 prophets and they said it was okay. But when you understand the climate of what it was to live under Ahab, you realize that there's not many real, mm-hmm, true prophets mm-hmm. And 400 people claiming to be such should be, like, super concerning to me anyway. We already know from the history of this book that there's not many true believers around. Mm-hmm. And we also see in the text explicitly, they don't seem to actually inquire of the Lord at all. So you've got all these 400 guys, they're all saying one thing, and then Jehoshaphat like feels the need to to call on someone else. And what should, I guess, stick out to you is like, there's the one king that really wants to just go for it based on what these 400 guys are saying. The other king is like, hey, let's just like, is there anybody else we can hear from? And the first reaction from the king of Israel is like, well, there's this other guy, but he always says something negative about what I'm about to do. So like... To me, that seems a little bit like, okay, well, maybe he's actually speaking truth into your life and you just don't like what you're hearing. So, ironically enough, that's a bummer. Ironically enough, Micaiah, who we are hearing about in this chapter, he does prophesy against the king of Israel. He says like, well, actually, at first he says, well, yeah, just go ahead, go get him. And he's like, that's not true. You don't ever tell me that I'm going to be prosperous in any situation. What do you actually think? And Micaiah says, well, I mean, you're actually going to be utterly destroyed by the Lord. And the king does not like what he hears and throws Micaiah into prison. Um, So it's just like this really weird story. And I guess Micaiah does also say like, hey, all those prophets that are telling you to go, like the spirit of the Lord has actually put a lying spirit into their mouths. Like you're not going to be prosperous. It's like there's definitely tension. Oh, boy. So does the Lord just send lies <laughs> to I think all these when, prophets? Again, I think when there's evil stuff happening, then he's going to punish that just like the Israelites. We, we've we explained many times before that the, I think the way I choose to see this, I think it I think it is fair to see it this way is that when you have people who intend to pursue evil, mm-hmm. the Lord allows them to continue pursuing evil. So is it a surprise that these false prophets are being deceived? No, it's not because they're false prophets. They're wicked mm-hmm. people um, because they are lying about speaking on behalf of the Lord. So this is another instance, and this is a this is a tricky tricky chapter for sure, and you can, you can um, take some pretty weird things out of it if you're not careful. Um, here, the Lord is allowing these lying prophets to continue lying to accomplish what he wants to see happen. I mean, because he's actually heard from the mouth of an actual prophet saying, hey, you're not going to believe it anyway. Yeah. So, like, why does it even matter? Just go ahead. Go to war. Do what you want to do. So, God has already sovereignly ordained that uh-huh. Ahab is done. Mm-hmm. Like, his reign is over. He did show him grace. Um, in that Ahab repented and he gave him mercy. But Ahab in this story is just back to pursuing his old wicked Mm -hmm, ways. mm -hmm. Um, You can see from this story as well, he hasn't really adjusted anything in his life. He believes that God... Actually, he just silenced the prophet. Yeah, he he believes that God exists to honor him. Mm -hmm. Like Ahab believes that his prophets should be telling him good things about himself. 
only. That's a that's a poor belief about God. Mm-hmm. God doesn't exist to just support you and what you're doing, no matter what level of leadership you're in. Yeah. If if you exist to bring honor to yourself, you are against God. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you believe that God exists just to help you honor yourself, you're against God. Mm-hmm. And so we see that at work at this story. I think we see that at work in any number of places, you know, across our modern age. Mm-hmm. There are... How many how many mega churches do we need to hear about with all these giant scandals where the pastors clearly got off the rails and started surrounding themselves with people who only talked about how great the pastor was? It's like, oh, guess what? They stopped honoring the Lord. That seems mm-hmm, not good. Mm-hmm. So, which is a real bummer. And like, I think we can tell even from this story, like the like that same that same sin still exists today. Of like, course they it does. still struggled with the same thing that we struggle with today, which is. Super unfortunate because ultimately for Ahab, as we read throughout the rest of the chapter, Jehoshaphat and Ahab go out to battle um, and <laughs> Ahab tries to like disguise himself in order to like not be seen okay. to be killed. So, so like, so pause that part of the story too. So Ahab says, you prophet of the Lord, you're a liar. Go to jail. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, so do you believe these false prophets then? Well, he hides himself. Not yeah. completely, because he disguises himself. Yeah. So yeah. these prophets said, no, go out. You'll be victorious. And he's like, yes, I believe you, but I am going to be disguised. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what's crazy, though, is that some random person, so they like they start retreating because the battle's not going well, but some random person decides to shoot an arrow right at Ahab. Yep. And apparently it shoots right between his yep. armor, and he, at, by the end of the evening, by the end of the night of the battle, he dies. And when they clean out his chariot, a bunch of dogs come along and lick up the blood of Ahab. And that is also, once again, prophesied. So, like, there's all these situations where you can keep turning away from the truth over and over and over and over and over again. But all it's going to do is just lead you to, like, serious demise. You can even surround yourself with 400 people that will tell you how right you are. And you will still be wrong. Oh, that's a bummer. So, this chapter just has God's sovereignty all over it. Like God sovereignly led Ahab to want to fight these people. God sovereignly allowed these lying prophets to continue lying. Mm -hmm. God sovereignly led an arrow right through his disguise and his his armor. armor. Mm -hmm. God sovereignly directed dogs to lick up his blood. Like these are, these are not accidents, right? This is like, wow, God said that God said that God said that God said that. So what does this story show us? Even though you think you are amazing. Even though you think you are completely in charge, even though you surround yourself with everybody who's willing to say that you're in charge, you're still not. It's God. God, Yeah, every time. So anyway, I guess for today, um, a good your part is just recognizing, like, recognizing God's sovereignty, but also like, recognizing your like need for submission to his authority so like he is in charge of it all and we need to thank him for that and also like just hand over anything that we're just like gripping tight in our own hands so i don't know what that could look like it could look like many different things um for us right now it is just like an immense amount of just uncertainty so like just handing that over to the lord like the lord is sovereign he's in control he's got this and we just need to be obedient to his will regardless of how insecure or nervous or anxious or whatever it is 
we feel because ultimately he's in control and he's led us to this moment and will continue to lead us throughout the rest of our lives. So whatever that looks like for you today, hopefully um, this is an encouragement to you that God is sovereign. He is in control. Um, But yep, we are finished with, ah, we're finished with Kings. So we will be back again tomorrow as we jump into second Chronicles. Yep. That's the one. All right. See you guys tomorrow. Thanks so much for listening to our take today. Before we get into the reading, if we could just ask you one thing, uh, if you've been enjoying the podcast, if you could subscribe to us and then leave a rating and review, we'd love to hear from you. And every rating we get helps us reach more people. Ultimately, we're just trying to reach people with the truth of God's word and your review will help us do that. So thanks so much for being invested in the podcast. Here's the reading for today. First Kings chapter 22. For three years, Syria and Israel continued without war. But in the third year, Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, came down to the king of Israel. And the king of Israel said to his servants, Do you know that Ramoth Gilead belongs to us, and we keep quiet and do not take it out of the hand of the king of Syria? And he said to Jehoshaphat, Will you go with me to battle at Ramoth Gilead? And Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, I am as sure as you are, my people as your people, my horses as your horses. And Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, Inquire first for the word of the Lord. Then the king of Israel gathered all the prophets together, about four hundred men, and said to them, Shall I go to battle against Ramoth Gilead, or shall I refrain? And they said, Go up, for the Lord will give it into the hand of the king. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there not here another prophet of the Lord, of whom we may inquire? And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, There is yet one man by whom we may inquire of the Lord, Micaiah, the son of Imelah. But I hate him, for he never prophesies good concerning me, but evil. And Jehoshaphat said, Let not the king say so. Then the king of Israel summoned an officer and said, Bring quickly Micaiah, the son of Imlah. Now the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, were sitting on their thrones, arrayed in their robes, at the threshing floor at the entrance of the gate of Samaria, and all the prophets were prophesying before them. And Zedekiah, the son of Shaniah, made for himself horns of iron and said, Thus says the Lord, With these you shall push the Syrians until they are destroyed. And all the prophets prophesied so and said, Go up to Ramoth Gilead and triumph. The Lord will give it into the hand of the king. And the messenger who went to summon Micaiah said to him, Behold, the words of the prophets with one accord are favorable to the king. Let your word be like the word of one of them and speak favorably. But Micaiah said, As the Lord lives, what the Lord says to me, that I will speak. And when he had come to the king, the king said to him, Micaiah, shall we go to Ramoth Gilead to battle or shall we refrain? And he answered him, Go up and triumph. The Lord will give it into the hand of the king. But the king said to him, How many times shall I make you swear that you speak to me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? And he said, I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains as sheep that have no shepherd. And the Lord said, These have no master. Let each return to his home in peace. And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, Did I not tell you he would not prophesy good concerning me, but evil? And Micaiah said, Therefore, hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, and all the host of heaven standing beside him on his right hand on on his left. And the Lord said, 
Who will entice Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? And one said one thing, and another said another. Then a spirit came forward and stood before the Lord, saying, I will entice him. And the Lord said to him, By what means? And he said, I will go out, and I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And he said, You are to entice him, and you shall succeed. Go out and do so. Now therefore, behold, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of all of these prophets. The Lord has declared disaster for you. Then Zedekiah, the son of Shaniah, came near and struck Micaiah on the cheek and said, How did the spirit of the Lord go from me to speak to you? And Micaiah said, Behold, you shall see on that day when you go into an inner chamber to hide yourself. And the king of Israel said, Seize Micaiah and take him back to Ammon, the governor of the city, and to Joash the king's son, and say, Thus says the king, Put this fellow in prison and feed him meager rations of bread and water until I come in peace. And Micaiah said, If you return in peace, the Lord has not spoken to me. And he said, Hear all you peoples. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went up to Ramath Gilead, and the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, I will disguise myself and go into battle, but you will wear your robes. And the king of Israel disguised himself and went into battle. Now the king of Syria had commanded the thirty-two captains of his chariots, fight with neither small nor great, but only with the king of Israel. And when the captains of the chariots saw Jehoshaphat, they said, It is surely the king of Israel. So they turned to fight against him, and Jehoshaphat cried out. And when the captains of the chariots saw that it was not the king of Israel, they turned back from pursuing him. But a certain man drew his bow at random and struck the king of Israel between the scale armor and the breastplate. Therefore he said to the driver of his chariot, Turn around and carry me out of this battle, for I am wounded. And the battle continued that day, and the king was propped up in his chariot facing the Syrians until that evening he died. And the blood of the wound flowed into the bottom of the chariot. And about sunset, a cry went throughout the army, every man to his city and every man to his country. So the king died, and he was brought to Samaria. And they buried the king in Samaria, and they washed the chariot by the pool of Samaria, and the dogs licked up his blood, and the prostitutes washed themselves in it, according to the word of the Lord that he had spoken. Now the rest of the acts of Ahab, and all that he did, and the house of the ivory house that he had built, and all the cities that he built, are they not written in the book of Chronicles of the kings of Israel? So Ahab slept with his fathers, and Haziah his son reigned in his place. Jehoshaphat, the son of Asa, began to reign over Judah in the fourth year of Ahab, king of Israel. Jehoshaphat was thirty-five years old when he began to reign, and he reigned twenty-five years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Azabah, the daughter of Shilohi. He walked in the way of, the, of Asa his father. He did not turn aside from it, doing what was right in the sight of the Lord. Yet the high places were not taken away. And the people still sacrificed and made offerings on the high places. Jehoshaphat also made peace with the king of Israel. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoshaphat and his might that he showed and how he warred and had not written in the book of Chronicles of the kings of Judah. And from the land he exterminated the remnant of the male prostitutes who remained in the days of his father Asa. There was no king in Edom. A deputy was king. 
Jehoshaphat made ships of Tarshish to go to Ephor for gold, but they did not go, for the ships were wrecked at Ezion Geber. Then Ahaziah the son of Ahab said to Jehoshaphat, Let my servants go with your servants in the ships. But Jehoshaphat was not willing. And Jehoshaphat slept with his fathers, and was buried with his fathers in the city of David his father. And Jehoram his son reigned in his place. Ahaziah, the son of Ahab, began to reign over Israel and Samaria in the seventeenth year of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, and he reigned two years over Israel. He did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and walked in the way of his father, and in the way of his mother, and in the way of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, who made Israel to sin. He served Baal, and worshipped him, and provoked the Lord, the God of Israel, to anger in every way that his father had done. Second Chronicles chapter 18 Now Jehoshaphat had great riches and honor, and he made a marriage alliance with Ahab. After some years he went down to Ahab in Samaria, and Ahab killed an abundance of sheep and oxen for him and for the people who were with him, and induced him to go up again to Ramoth-Gilead. Ahab king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat king of Judah, Will you go with me to Ramoth-Gilead? He answered him, I am as you are, my people as your people. We will be with you in the war. And Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, Inquire first for the word of the Lord. Then the king of Israel gathered the prophets together, four hundred men, and said to them, Shall we go to battle against Ramoth-Gilead, or shall I refrain? And they said, Go up, for God will give it into the hand of the king. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there not another prophet of the Lord for whom we may inquire? And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, There is yet one man by whom we may inquire of the Lord, Micaiah, the son of Imlah, But I hate him, for he never prophesies good concerning me, but always evil. And Jehoshaphat said, Let not the king say so. Then the king of Israel summoned an officer and said, Bring quickly Micaiah the son of Imlah. Now the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat the king of Judah were sitting on their thrones arrayed in their robes. And they were sitting at the threshing floor at the entrance of the gate of Samaria, and all the prophets were prophesying before them. And Zedekiah, the son of Shaniah, made for himself horns of iron and said, Thus says the Lord, With these you shall push the Syrians until they are destroyed. And all the prophets prophesied so and said, Go up to Ramoth-Gilead and triumph. The Lord will give it into the hand of the king. And the messenger who went to summon Micaiah said to him, Behold, the words of the prophets with one accord are favorable to the king. Let your word be like the word of one of them and speak favorably. But Micaiah said, As the Lord lives, what my God says, that I will speak. And when he had come to the king, the king said to him, Micaiah, shall we go to Ramoth-Gilead to battle, or shall I refrain? And he answered, Go up and triumph. They will be given into your hand. But the king said to him, How many times shall I make you swear that you speak to me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? And he said, I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains as sheep that have no shepherd. And the Lord said, These have no master. Let each of them return to his home in peace. And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, Did I not tell you that he would not prophesy good concerning me but evil? And Micaiah said, Therefore hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, and all the host of heaven standing at his right hand and on his left. And the Lord said, Who will entice Ahab the king of Israel, that he may go up and fall at Ramoth-Gilead? And one said one thing, and another said another. Then a spirit came forward and stood before the Lord, saying, I will entice him. 
And the Lord said to him, By what means? And he said, I will go out, and I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And he said, You are to entice him, and you shall succeed. Go out and do so. Now therefore, behold, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of your prophets. The Lord has declared disaster concerning you. And Zedekiah, the son of Shaniah, came near and struck Micaiah on the cheek and said, Which way did the spirit of the Lord go from me to speak to you? And Micaiah said, Behold, you shall see on the day when you go in an inner chamber and hide yourself. And the king of Israel said, Seize Micaiah and take him back to Ammon, the governor of the city, and to Joash, the king's son, and say, Thus says the king, Put this fellow in prison and feed him with meager rations of bread and water until I return in peace. And Micaiah said, If you return in peace, the Lord has not spoken by me. And he said, Hear, all you peoples. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went up to Ramoth Gilead. And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, I will disguise myself and go into battle, but you wear your robes. And the king of Israel disguised himself, and they went into battle. Now the king of Syria had commanded the captains of his chariots, Fight with neither small nor great, but only with the king of Israel. As soon as the captains of the chariots saw Jehoshaphat, they said, It is the king of Israel. So they turned and fought against him. And Jehoshaphat cried out, and the Lord helped him. God drew him away from him. For as soon as the captains of the chariots saw it was not the king of Israel, they turned back from pursuing him. But a certain man drew his bow at random and struck the king of Israel between the scale armor and the breastplate. Therefore he said to the driver of his chariot, Turn around and carry me out of this battle, for I am wounded. And the battle continued that day, and the king of Israel was propped up in his chariot facing the Syrians until evening. Then at sunset, he died. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.